Billy Bean, played by Brad Pitt, general manager of the Oakland A's, one day has an epiphany. Baseball's conventional wisdom is all wrong. Faced with a tight budget, Bean must reinvent his team by outsmarting the richer ball clubs. Joining forces with Ivy League graduate Peter Brand, played by Jonah Hill, Bean prepares to challenge old school traditions. He recruits bargain bin players whom the scouts have labeled as flawed, but have game winning potential. Based on the book by Michael Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. The, the old baseball jargon, you know, he's got a good face, real strong yeah. jaw. It's like, how on earth does that correlate yeah. to anything when it comes to athleticism? Narking on him when they start losing. They're like, yeah. yeah, no, 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 they call it money ball. That's what they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, especially because he like, already made fun of how little money that the Oakland A's have. Multiple times. And he brought it you up like know, three times. <laughs> you know you're in a bad spot when a sports team from Cleveland is talking smack about how broken trash you are. Like you're in a real bad spot when that's happening. So yeah, Billy Bean's cold, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has his moments where he's, he's, he's a bit of a, a dick, but. This is Moneyball. It's Moneyball. That's Moneyball. It's a Moneyball. <laughs> Uh, welcome, gentlemen. That's a money ball. Uh, this movie, we we talked about talking about this movie for a minute. Um, it's a special movie to us, uh, close to our hearts, because we all starred in this movie. It's uh, you know my breakout role, first time in Hollywood. I think it was for all of us, wasn't it? I think so. Mm. Not uh, the first time I rubbed shoulders with Brad Pitt, but the first right. time that I was actually on screen right next to Brad Pitt. Right. More or less. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, this movie is... It, I love the feel of this movie. Um, I love the, the like vibe of it. And I don't know if it's just that uh, I, I have a uh, tendency to get that way about movies that take place near like Northern California because I'm so familiar with Northern California that it just like, it, it gives me like a, a little bit closer kinship feeling to the movie itself. But I really enjoy watching this movie. Um, I really enjoy just like the, like I said, the vibe of it and the dialogue, which I'll go into more as we talk about this is just, I love it. I love the way the everybody talks to each other. Um, I love how Sorkin, like, baby. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, Riley, you you seem eager to chime in. What's uh what's <laughs> it's like Aaron Sorkin? Aaron Sorkin's the best. Um, no, I think uh, I think we need to clarify a little bit when you said that this is our breakout role. This is our first Hollywood movie. Uh, we were extras in this movie, uh, along with hundreds of other Ace fans. <laughs> Mm -hmm. There was there was hundreds of people there, right? Hundreds of people. Yeah, no, we they <laughs> um, uh, walked us around the stadium uh, for multiple different shots. Uh, we sat in different parts and reacted to you know uh, different things that were happening on the field. We we were in the it was the twentieth game uh, of the win streak is what we were extra in. And the main scene we did was when the second baseman grounds the ball and he flips right. it to the shortstop to try to turn two and he bobbles it. We saw that play or that error made 27 times, you know, it yeah, just kept yeah. happening over and over and over again. Um, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, no, that, it, was a, it was a really good experience overall. I think like we were, I mean, we we're waiting a lot and it was bo we, pretty we boring for most of it. paid in checks mix. 
we were so bored that we left uh, <laughs> yeah. like halfway through. But um, <laughs> but but we all our hard work, <laughs> our hard work paid off, and we are in the movie. You can see us roughly around one hour forty two minutes and nineteen seconds into the film. Roughly, there is a shot of Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean standing in the tu tunnel, and then it cuts directly to us. There's a scoreboard, and right above us, uh, you can see all three of us and some other people we were with and we don't deserve to be there but we are it's hilarious to me <laughs> um to to even disclose this a little bit more for people who maybe missed our appearance in the movie um I, it was hard to do but you, you could have overlooked uh the shot that we are in lingers for about two or three seconds during that time the top half of my face is almost not visible at all um, because it's cut <laughs> off by the framing. Um, both Riley and Remington uh, are standing or are sitting behind the guy who's like passing out peanuts or whatever the hell he's doing. And yeah, so, session guy. And so you only see either of them for about half the total time of the shot. Um <laughs> And I'm pretty sure if you slow it down for like a frame each, I think each of you looked directly into the camera during that shot. <laughs> okay, so what happened was the concession guy is walking by us and he like flips something to the crowd, somebody in the crowd, and it whizzes by my head. And I like turn and look like that. And I look back at the guy and I put my hands up like ready to accept another toss from something. So you get like a weird little Remington moment on screen, uh, which is my ball cannon and it's fantastic. And that like that taught me a bit about movies, like movie making in the way that like when you see the crowd in movies, they're fake clapping. You know, what I mean? like remember they had this fake clapping, like don't don't make the noise. Don't do it all the way. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And I think uh, our acting on that was pretty yeah. Pretty good. It, um, I, I thought I could hear us clapping. What? <laughs> you're yeah. You're hallucinating. Um, also, I, what I remember is the like the assistant director that was out there with the megaphone. He's like telling us like that guy hated what doing that. You know, he, he's just babysitting <laughs> hundreds of people, like trying to get it right. And you know, we had to do so many takes. And uh, but, and one of our responsibilities was when the shortstop makes the air the, that play. Uh, we were supposed to all act disappointed. Like the crowd was supposed to be, oh. right. but everybody was over-exaggerating how upset yeah. they were by a simple error when the A's were up by like 10 runs at that point. Yeah. So yeah. like, it was, a, it was a basic error and everyone's like, whoa! <laughs> oh, like no. like they just lost game by... seven of the World Series on a, on a walk-off, you know, like. <laughs> oh no, they scored one point in the game. <laughs> So, so that entire shot of us was not added to the film, though. They completely cut that. The acts that we were not <laughs> acting good as a team on that that uh, that shot. So they they cut us. But we did get that one little fleeting glimpse of us, and that's that's all it takes. Uh, I think personally, the funniest part of all of that is the fact that our moms are better in frame than we are in that shot. <laughs> you can, and they like look clearly, like extras. They're like clearly visible <laughs> all the time. They're like 
you know, not really doing anything. They're like, you know, like people are in the audience. They 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 do their own thing, you know. Baseball games take forever. And people are just like, you know, chatting to the person next to them. And instead of, you know, Remington like, oh, hey, pass me some peanuts. Or Riley just like making eye contact with the camera for a split second. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then me like not even really being in frame. Like all you can see is my beard. Um, <laughs> and so, eh. You know, but like they are fully in frame throughout the whole shot. Um, and that's actually how I found the clip of us is I noticed them in the crowd before I even saw us. And then I was like, wait, where were we? Like we, we sat apart so that there was like more of a chance for like at least one <laughs> of us to get caught on film. And so like they're on one side of the stands and we're on the other side in the shot. And so it's, I don't know. I thought it was really funny. I like to think that the uh, whoever was doing the editing of that saw my method acting, because as Nick said before, they were only feeding us in checks mix, essentially. Uh, so I was starving myself at that point. And I when the peanut man walked by, I wanted nothing more to get my hands on some peanuts. And he saw my hunger and desire that I was bringing to the screen. And that's why the editor or use that little clip yeah in or maybe not but in some uh casting directors like up, basement there's like you know handwritten notes on stick it notes like posted all over the wall and like yarn string like leading from pictures and pictures and it all like centers on your reaction when you're trying to get peanuts and he's like i have to find this guy yeah <laughs> he's all out manhunt to find you <laughs> Like under the Silver Lake too. This is, I'm all about it. Uh, so I mentioned it before, and I'll, I'll probably mention it a couple more times before we're done here. But I love the dialogue. Mm. Um, I love I love the way uh, just kind of like the players or the players the the actors play off of each other. Um, one one of the one example of that is when. Uh, Peter Brandt is uh, on his first day with the A's and uh, Billy is like, so like, how about those three players that I had you look at? And he like hands him a whole packet full of players and he's like, I asked you to do three. And he's like, yeah. It's like, how many did you do? He's 47. He's like, okay. And he's like, actually 51. I don't know why I just lied right there. Yeah, why would he? That's such a small lie. Yeah. Why, yeah. And it's like, it, he's going to notice that there's more than 47 people on this page when he actually reads the report you just gave him. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, at that point, it doesn't even matter the no, number. You did way more than he expected. So. Um, and I love it just because, I don't know, it's kind of quirky, but it also feels like something I would do in that situation where I'm just like super nervous and I'm like, so I, nervous, just, yeah. I just want Brad Pitt to like me. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that's, be my that's, friend. that's what it does, you know, expertly. It just, it, it makes that, it adds to Jonah Hill's character. just makes him seem even more nervous, which he does really well uh, playing that character in this movie. He's yeah. just really nervous and really like kind of timid, but also like he knows his shit. So there, there is a, a bit of confidence to it as well yeah america's sweetheart jonah hill <laughs> he is yeah he's nervous about any situation he's in besides talking numbers in baseball exactly you know, when he's when he's talking about those things he's supremely confident uh when art uh, the philip seymour hoffman character the skipper of the a's you know asks him in the room they're like do you agree with this and he's like 100 percent 
and then he goes to turn and he's like awkwardly like, oh do you want the door closed <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> like it's you know right. it shows that he's confident he knows what he's talking about when talking about the one thing but then everything else any human interactions within the organization you're just fumbling and stumbling and bubbling um riley like you said it does a great job of just kind of giving you more insight into the character by the way that they're speaking and just kind of the way that Jonah Hill carries the character, you learn so much about the character during that, but it's, I find it extremely relatable to the fact, to the point where I'm more invested in his character because I feel like I'm more like his character than anybody else in this movie. <laughs> I really yeah. wanted Jonah Hill's character than anybody else. Just like awkward and social interactions. As long as you're talking to me about something I know about, I'm fine. But as soon as it like ventures out of that, I'm just like, uh, did you know that uh, foxes the reproduce three at a time? Do they? No, that's that I true? just made that up. Oh. But that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that that is kind of funny about Jonah Hill's character because that guy in real life who has a different name is apparently not like that at all. I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about the guy, but the little bit I read, it's like he's like this other guy seemed more like confident, like more maybe even douchey. Um, you know, the uh, yeah, a little bit more of a know-it-all. Yeah, he's out of baseball. He he works for the Cleveland Browns now. Which oh, does just, he? Yeah, just trying to pick up the most depressing franchises in existence. He's like, okay, I'm gonna hit that one. He's like, okay, I'll go to the A's, and then I'll. <laughs> he went to the Do- he was the he was the GM for the Dodgers for a little bit, which isn't too depressing. I guess it was during that era. And uh then yeah, he's works for the Browns front office now. I don't huh. know. They're doing well this season, but I don't know if he was there last year, he should probably be fired. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, take us take us to the beginning. Uh well, I was, I was going to talk about Jonah Hill first for just a sec- or Jonah Hill's character for a second. You say that the the actual person named is 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 actually someone else is not yeah. it's not actually peter, peter brand's not his name no um, so I've did they just like that. not be able to get the rights to use his name in the movie or something or um i think he uh like he asked uh bennett miller the director to change the name because he didn't like the way that they were doing it like with uh, jonah hill and you know he's you know he's timid and you know he He's not like the real guy, um, and the the director didn't have to change it. Like legally, he could have still kept right. uh, the name, uh, but he ended up just like, yeah, whatever, we'll change it. I don't know, dude. I saw a picture of the guy. He looked like a nerd. I, I think <laughs> I don't know how far off it actually is, yeah. but he just very much looked like a you know a sabermetric geek, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. A lot of them out there. Like, Daryl Morey's the best one. He's like, I'm trying to change the way people see me, and this movie is not going to help. Please don't use my <laughs> <Yeah>. name. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm doing a terrible job of it in real life. Uh, I, don't, I don't need any more help with it on the big screen. Uh, so, this movie begins uh, with the uh, with a devastating loss in uh, was 2001, the 2001 season. Um, uh, I don't. I don't personally know much about that because I didn't follow baseball very much at the time. Well, uh, let me tell you, a <laughs> nine-year-old Remington was absolutely devastated, and then much more devastated when I found out that Jason Giambi signed with the New York Yankees 
and Johnny Damon signed with the Red Sox that following offseason. Uh, to a nine-year-old Remington, that was a huge gut punch and uh, stopped was maybe the catalyst for me to stop watching baseball entirely. Wow. <laughs> Devastating. <laughs> that really had, really had more to do with people stop taking steroids. I say let all the baseball players take steroids and the game mm. will be better again. Um, yeah. I want everybody looking like Mark McGuire, just jacked diesel. I need everybody looking like that. Um, but yeah, that was a very upsetting time uh, to, to be an A's fan. Uh, and that situation. Giambi's a coward. I just want to say that. Giambi's a damn coward. He went to the Yankees. I understand he got paid an insane amount of money that the A's couldn't have offered him. Coward. I don't care. He put on the pinstripes, man. Oh, my God. Very frustrating times. Um, one thing I don't understand, I guess, about just the way baseball works in general in, the, in this way is, uh, like... Doesn't it seem like an impossible task for a team like the A's to actually be competitive in the league? Yeah. And I mean, since this movie, you know, the events of this movie have happened, it's been 20 years now, and the Oakland A's have been doing the exact same thing for the last 20 years. They are, <laughs> you know, every couple of seasons, they put together an awesome little team who does, you know, well enough to squeak into the playoffs and then they get bounced in the first round because that's their that's their ceiling, you know, like without a considerable increase in payroll, they're never going to be able to compete with Boston and the Yankees and, you know, the teams that we saw discussing this movie, they're still doing that. Uh, baseball, they don't have a cap at all. Like not like ba basketball or football does football has a hard cap. Like you can't spend over, you know, whatever the 180, whatever million, like you can't go a dollar over that. Basketball has a luxury system where if you go over the cap, the owners have to spend a lot of money in order to make it happen on top of what they're paying their players. Baseball yeah. is just wild west. Right. <laughs> and yeah, that's crazy. It's no, wild that you can have like three times or four times the, the budget of another team. That's just not fair. <laughs> just not fair. <laughs> no, and that's that's what yeah, Billy Bean realizes. Like the game is messed up, man. Like, yeah. And then at, at, Oh, uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say, uh, Rem, you might know uh, more about this, but like after this happened, after Moneyball was established, then other teams in the league started doing it, and like yeah. every team basically did it. So then it it doesn't work as well, yeah. you know, if everybody's doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's everyone's doing it because everybody has to do it, but because right. everybody knows the common strategy you know, you're not finding the value that the A's were finding in like 2000, 2001, when like they were the only team really running that gambit. Right. You know, they had pick of the litter back then. Now everybody knows those numbers. Everyone's still trying to find that hidden value and yeah. stuff, but it's it's markedly more difficult to do today. Um, and it, it completely changed the way baseball is played, you know, completely. Yeah. It's a bunting and small ball and stealing out of the game. Now, you know, defensive shifts uh, when there's, you know, a, a righty or a lefty up if they can't hit the opposite field. You know, there's it just took so much movement out of the game and kind of robbed it of a lot of the things that I loved about it growing up. And it's one of the reasons why I don't really watch baseball anymore. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it's the natural, you know, uh, 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 that like it naturally evolves, you know, to get to this point, just like how basketball naturally evolves to start shooting a lot more threes, you know, mm -hmm. it makes sense, but it changes the game for, you know, better and worse ways, I suppose. 
you know, I, I feel like I feel like it's trying to solve a problem that the actual gameplay of the game shouldn't have to. Um, mm. Like how we were talking about, it's just like it's unfair to have these like wildly different salary caps competing against each other because there's no actual like cap to what they can decide to spend on people. They're just like, we can throw whatever we want at it. Um, and like, that's a off the field problem. But now because they refuse to address this off the field problem, they now have to solve it with like who they're putting on the field and how they're playing the game, which is kind of lame. <laughs> um, uh, at the beginning of the game and mm-hmm. uh, Billy Beans in the uh, the meeting with all of his uh, scouts. Yeah, the war room. He's yeah. in the war room. Uh, and they're all just like talking about like, yeah, that the ball just pops off his bat when he gets a hold of it. It's like you can hear it through the whole ballpark. It's like, really? This is the bullshit that we're spinning trying to like make these guys sound good? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. The the old baseball jargon, you know, he's got a good face, real strong yeah. jaw. It's like, how on earth does that correlate yeah. to anything when it comes to athleticism? But that was like the old timey logic and Brad Pitch is not having any of it. Like, oh, my God, yeah. what are these folks or, talking about? He's realizing it in, in an actual time. Like, these guys are idiots. The, the one old guy that's like, uh, yeah, he's pretty good, but his girlfriend's real ugly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, what? No confidence. No confidence. <laughs> yeah. That says he doesn't have any confidence. And it's like, <laughs> you're going to pick him because you don't find his girlfriend attractive? Like, that's yeah, fucked up. That's... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, he's like, there's a real pop off the bat. You can just hear it throughout oh, the yeah. stadium. Maybe yeah. the guy's got a hearing aid in. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if you should be making that judgment, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so good. That room too is just disgusting. You know, they really nail the aesthetic of it. And that, you know, just a bunch of old greasy, sweaty dudes who have been chewing tobacco for far too long. Uh, And just the entire aesthetic of the Oakland Coliseum, they nail. I love the Oakland Coliseum. I grew up an East Bay kid. I grew up going to the games there all the time. Um, It's a concrete piece of shit is what it is. It's it's really a not a nice place. It should be should be condemned. I mean, the Raiders left it. When the Raiders are leaving, I mean, the Raiders are probably used to playing in sludge and ne- broken needles and glass and stuff. You know, they're fine with it. It got so bad there that they left, and the Oakland A's still played there. But they they captured you know uh, Jonah Hill walking through like the cements, you know, barricades uh, around the stadium and. Um, walking from the BART tunnel over to the stadium. Mm-hmm. They got a shot of that, which was awesome. I've been there a hundred times doing that. Uh, they, they really nailed it, but uh, it's, yeah, it's not a nice place to be. It's gross. Um, and there's even that one little uh, shot of Brad Pitt's walking through the tunnel after they start winning. And he says to somebody, he's like, hey, you got to do something about that smell. Yeah. It's a nice little throwaway <laughs> line because the dugouts flood all the time. Uh, historically, oh. like they just get washed out quite often by the sewage, and yeah, it smells oh down God. there. So that was a nice little reference to that, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, they still like home, like I said. Um, and he's like, uh, when we're in the war room scene, he's like trying to get tell the guys like, what we're doing isn't working. Like we're not competing with these guys. We're we're just you know a 
couple of games a year for them. Like, we were not actually, like, able to compete given what we have. And even if we find anybody worth a damn, we're not going to we're not gonna be able to hold on to them. Um, and the guys are fighting with him, and he tries to nail his point harm by, home by, like, is there anybody in the in the league who can replace Giambi? And they're like, no one. And it's like, even if there was somebody, could we afford them? And it's like, no, it's like, then what the <laughs> fuck are we talking about? Yeah. And I just like, I love that because it's like, I've had those kinds of conversations where it's like, we're having two completely different conversations yeah. here. And yeah. it's like, you're saying like, no, this is the way it's always been done. And we got to stick to the, you know, the tried and true method that this is how it's always been done. And I just, I absolutely hate that line of thinking uh, in people because it, it starves out innovation and it keeps people from being uh, being able to come up with creative solutions like exactly what happens here in the game or in the movie. Um, we like I, I've kind of up till this point been bashing the whole concept of what they're doing and how it kind of ruined the game of baseball uh, to some degree. <laughs> but it's a it's a genius move. And I feel like it's such an obvious move. That it's astounding that nobody before this time picked up on it and ran with it, because like yeah, baseball was years. played. Yeah, baseball was being played for like over a hundred years, hundred fifty years before that moment in time. Right. It took us like a century and a half to figure it out. Like, <laughs> and some dude who worked at a pork and bean factory was the one who like wrote yeah. the code on it. Like what? <laughs> and then and then that was like around because people like. We're referencing that as all of this was happening. People were like, oh yeah, this concept that was brought up by this one guy. And it's like, so you guys knew this information was out there. And you're just like, but that's not the way we've always done it. So, you know, you, you gotta, you know, rely on the people that have 20 years of experience going out and scouting people. And uh, uh, j- jumping ahead of where I want to be a little bit. But when he's talking with the... Uh, the like head scout, uh, and he's like he's upset. And Gr- they, Grady, like, yeah, they Grady have was their uh, their meeting out in the hallway, and he's like, you know, you're you're listening to this, you know, twenty something Yale graduate from uh, with an economics degree over your like head scout who has twenty plus years of experience, and he's like, you're following the wrong guy, and it's like, you don't fucking know. Nobody's ever tried <laughs> what they're trying. How can you just dismiss it so easily when, like, yeah, I get it. You don't believe that, like, the game can be won on just the stat by just reading the stat sheet. I get that. But doesn't this theory seem like it might work? (laughs) And let's be real. A bit of logic to it. Like, let's be real here. If it doesn't work, Billy's the one getting fired. Yeah. Like yeah, you're fine. <laughs> like you're you're pretty well insulated at the position you're in now. And yeah. it's like if you just want to like sit back and hit cruise control through this job and not actually try to accomplish anything, then just fucking do that and stop being such a whiny asshole to the <laughs> general manager. Like <laughs> either you well, want to try something new and you want to try something to win or you just keep doing what you've always done. Which is lose. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say though, uh, you know when uh, when Billy brings Pete into that first meeting, and then he's just like he knows what he's doing, and 
and Grady even says, uh, you know, like we've been working on this for months and you come in here and shit on everything that we've been working on. Billy's communication was yes. pretty terrible. Yes. I mean, that could have gone a lot better with Grady if he, he pulled him in on the idea and tried to, you know, convince him that it's the right thing to do instead of just saying, this is what we're doing, not what you're saying, what I, what I say. You know, so that, you know, kind of makes the head scout's position useless, the whole, their whole plan. So yeah. it probably would have been nice to know that. Yeah, he was threatening everything that they did in their lives. Right. You know, exactly. he was like, he's like, okay, you, you've been working on, you know, this baseball scouting stuff for 60 years. That's cool. But I have this one piece of math that makes you irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a very threatening thing for, you know, someone that's poured their heart and soul into what they do. Although Grady was a punk because he went straight to the radio stations and just started narking on them when they started losing. They're like, yeah. yeah, no, 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 they call it Moneyball. That's what they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually looked it up. That guy did get fired in 2001 by the A's. He went to a different team and came back uh, and was their lead scout again in like 2007. So yeah. I guess they made oh. amends. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, kind of narkish for sure. Uh, and like, I, I, I get that his like communication wasn't great. Billy's communication uh, through all of this. He just went into a dark room with some, you know, economics graduate and came out with a brand new team. And everybody's yeah. supposed to be okay with that. It's like, yeah, you could have brought more people into the conversation. But like, if you listen uh, to what... Uh, uh, Peter Brand says when he's like first telling Billy about the whole concept, he's like, I'm hesitant to tell anyone because I'm constantly ostracized around the office and nobody wants anything to do with me because they think that my ideas are stupid and that they'll never work, even mm. though I'm pretty sure all the math works out. <laughs> um, and so he's just probably assuming that's what's going to happen here is that he's saving the fight for another day. Like he probably figures I can bring this up to people. I can go to the coat or go to the, the manager. I can go to the head scout and I can tell these guys what my plan is, but then I'm just going to have to have that conversation right now that they're just going to be like, this isn't going to work. You're stupid. You can't do this. This isn't going to mm -hmm. work. And then when I actually pick players based off this philosophy, I'm going to have to have this fucking conversation again and everybody's going to be like, you can't do this. This isn't going to work. These are terrible players. Um, and you weren't so going to convince just like, anyway. You know, yeah. you just weren't. And so <laughs> like, like, they were set in their ways. No matter what, he's just going to end up having to make this decision so that everyone else lives with it. So, like, I, I get it. That, that meeting, when we first meet uh, uh, Peter Brand... And uh, so good. Billy's in the in the office. He's surrounded by mm. uh, you know people from the what, what team was it? The Indians. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah Indians. Indians. Yeah. He's uh, in the office and he's like saying what he needs, saying which players he's after, and he just keeps getting shut down every way until like the guy offers him a player, and then he's like, okay, tell me about him, and then he's like, okay, what if we trade for that? And his uh, I'm assuming you know, some sort of, some guy in the background, <laughs> uh, you know, that knows what he's talking about is like, yeah, that's not a bad deal. Like I'd make that deal. But then he like, hears it's like, no, maybe you shouldn't make that deal. And he's like, yeah, but it's going to be a hard no for the player. I just offered to trade you. And that's what he's like, 
what the fuck are we doing here, man? Like, are we are we doing business or are you just fucking with me? Because at that point, that's all it felt like. Like, you're just fucking jerking me around. Yeah, especially because he, like, already made fun of how little money that the Oakland A's have. Multiple times. And he brought it you up, like, know, three times. <laughs> you know you're in a bad spot when a sports team from Cleveland is talking smack about how broken trash you are. Like, you're in a real bad spot when that's happening. So, yeah, they were real desperate. <laughs> um, and then after that meeting, he goes to meet Peter Brand. Um, Stocks him out. And yeah, he's just like hunting through the bullpen. And then he like, uh, I love Jonah Hill's reaction in that where he like sees him, sees him. And he's just like, oh shit, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, it's like Neo, Neo in the Matrix when the agents come for him yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh. Um, and he keeps asking him, he's like, who are you? Like, why does your opinion matter is what he's really asking him. Yeah. And he's like, why are people listening to you? He's like, who are you? And he keeps just saying Peter Brand. And then he like gets really serious for a second. And he's like, I don't give a rat's ass what your name is. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I loved that. And it's like, uh, I, I felt like. I felt the intimidation of the scene, like when he's reacting that way. I'm just like, oh damn! Like, <laughs> so m- moving into the when they actually have like the idea of you know who they want to be able to uh, bring onto the team, and he has to go back to uh, what'd you call it before Remington? All the re- uh, the, the, the war room. The war room. Oh, war yeah. Room. Yeah, get back to the war room, and uh, all the guys are, like, still spinning their same <laughs> BS, talking about all the same players. And then they're like, so who do you want to talk about? And he's like, none of these guys. Like, I don't want to talk about any of these guys. And then he just, like, writes three brand new names down, and is, like, throwing them on the board. Uh, but one of my okay. favorite, one of my favorite parts is when he's, like talking about their percentages and their stats and then he points uh, uh over to uh bran and he's just like sitting there with his finger pointing out he's like you want me to speak and he's like when i point to you yes <laughs> um that's another one of those little lines that i just i absolutely love he's just like when i point to you yes no other <laughs> time but when i point to you yes speak <laughs> yeah you just keep and saying the same thing. Like, like, they get on base. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. By the end of the scene, when he's he asks, he's like, what are we worried about, guys? And then they're all just like sitting there. He's like, look at your notes or I'm going to point to <laughs> him again. Like, get on base. <laughs> it's like, that's all we care about. <laughs> they're, they're like, like Scott had a bird. Like, Who's that? He's like, sounds like an Oakland A already. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we got an appearance from Chris Pratt in this movie. Yes, um, early Chris Pratt. Was this the first first movie you saw him in? I think it was the first. I one think I saw it him. was probably this first movie I seen him in. Yeah. Probably so. So they go. They go to see Scott Haddenberg. Yeah, and they just like, uh, can we come in? <laughs> when they call him on the phone for the first time, um, <laughs> they're just like waiting outside of his house already. Uh, on. Christmas Day? Was it Christmas Day? Christmas it, Eve, maybe? Yeah, it looked like it. Yeah. Like it was some. It, it was, was very holiday. close to the holiday, whatever it was. Um, and uh, they're just like, uh, you know, feeling them out at first. They're like, how's the arm? 
And he's like, I- I'm doing good. I'm, I'm great. Yeah. And it's just like, I can hear the bullshit in your voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think you're being honest with me. And then they drop the bomb on him. They're like, we want you to come play first base for the Oakland A's. And he's just like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it's like, Scott, it's easy. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when he's like, don't worry, it's easy. And the guy next to him is like, it's incredibly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was great. He only has like four or five lines throughout the entire film, but uh, yeah. Ron Washington uh, yeah. is the character name, and he he kills it. Um, yeah, Scott Hattenberg's like, you want me to replace Giambi? What about the fans? And Washington's like, yeah, I can I can teach one of them to play first. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> like might as well. I mean, the the concept is pretty crazy. That like, you know, you we're talking about professional baseball here. And it's like, we're going to take you and basically reinvent you as a whole new player by switching which position you play. And you're just going to have to keep up with that. <laughs> yeah. His, historically, that's what catchers do to prolong their career if they're great hitters is they move to first because after their knees get destroyed from crouching their entire lives, that they will move to first. But not everybody can do that, you know? Like, that's just some of them can pull that off, you right. know? And for Haddenberg to be out of baseball, what it seemed like, and, you know, brought back into the folds and learn it that quickly is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. And I mean, like, I understand his hesitation, obviously. Like, it's clearly not something he considered to do. Um, like, try to make a comeback as a, in a different position. But then they're just like, no, we want you on the team, and we're willing to train you on this new position. It's like, he's obviously a yes. Like, that's, that's why uh, uh, Bean just, like, drops the tr- contract on the table and is like, your agent has a copy, let us know. Because it's like, I don't have to say anymore. I know you're going to pick up that contract and sign it. Like, you don't have any other option. And I'm giving you your last chance. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because even when they said, like, you'll never play catcher again, he was like, meh. He was like, like not. He's not completely convinced because he's a crazy athlete. Like, no, I think I'll be fine one day. I'll definitely. Yeah. <laughs> once I'm 37, I'll figure it out. You yeah. know, I'll be fine. You know, it's like, oh, go play first, bitch. Like, <laughs> being a catcher sounds terrible. Just like kneeling like that for what well, a baseball game's like eight hours or something. <laughs> um, and just doing that for like 300 games a season, like that sounds awful of course their knees are gonna go out on them shot (laughs) any catcher you see man just shot (laughs) uh yeah i mean you gotta wear all the gear too especially when you play you know it's summertime it's 110 degrees uh in phoenix uh if you play for the diamondbacks or whatever and you have to wear armor because of 90 mile an hour fastball being thrown at you (laughs) over and over and over it's terrible we're gonna throw a baseball at you so fast that it has the equivalent power of like a gunshot. And so we're going to have to put you in a bunch of pads and then you're going to have to crouch down in a very uncomfortable position for like all day. Not to mention it's at least a hundred degrees outside. Um, <laughs> but make sure oh, yeah, those knees stay healthy. Otherwise, we're gonna fucking throw you off this team right away. Yeah. And, and not to not to mention they've kind of changed the role, but like 
for hundreds of years, the only person that could really get like blasted by another player in baseball was the catcher, yeah. like a guy rounding third, yeah. run, barreling into home, and the catcher, you know, catches it from the outfield. You used to be able to light them the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that to any other player legally. You used to be able to do that to catchers. So yeah, they really just got the short end of the stick all the way through. You're like, as long as I get to third base, I'm good. Because I know I can just tackle the shit out of the <laughs> the catcher and be perfectly fine. Yeah, he's basically like a punt returner calling a fair catch all of a sudden. Or you're not calling and you're getting lit up. You know, it's it makes no sense why they were allowed to do that. But <laughs> it was crazy when it happened. Like the first person to ever do that. And they just like take someone out. And they're like, whoa, that's when the kid's like, tell me where I can't. Tell me where it says I can't. He's got the armor on. <laughs> and they're like, the that's problem? right, that's right. And the catcher's like, no, this is fucking stupid. I don't want to have to deal with this shit. And they're like, oh, yeah. shut up and kneel back down. You're fine. Yeah, you're a linebacker now. <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Like, I don't think I am. <laughs> I'm going to first base. Yeah. <laughs> um, another line that I really liked in this movie, um, when... Uh, uh, Billy is trying to get uh, uh, trying to train Bran on like what it's like the full job of being a general manager, and he's like, you know, talking about having to cut guys or send them down or trade to another team and all that stuff. Um, and he's like trying to get him to like pretend to, you know, cut somebody uh, right there, and he's like, mm. no, this is stupid. I don't want to play pretend with you. Like, I'm not gonna have to be the one to do this. <laughs> Um, but he eventually gets him <laughs> into doing it. And he's like, you know, talking like he thinks somebody would want to hear, be like, let down easy. And he's like, no, just fucking pull the trigger. Like, these guys are professionals. Just tell them the way it is and you can both move on. Uh, and he's like still having trouble with the concept. Uh, the line that I love is he's like, would you rather get a bullet to the head or five to the chest and bleed to death? And then he's just like sits and thinks for a second. He's like, "Are those my only two options?" <laughs> and it's like, well, if the metaphor is the person being cut is getting the bullets, yeah, those are your yeah. two options. Either it happens slow or it happens fast. So we get into the streak after things aren't working out at the beginning of the season because the team's not being played the way it's designed. Uh, but then, oh, before we get into the streak, I have to talk about the fucking baller move that Bean pulls off with trading Pena. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Handic like, handicapping his skipper. He's like, no, this is what we're doing now. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to take away all your choices. <laughs> you're, you're right. The card is totally yours. But <laughs> yeah. fortunate for you, I control the carbs. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and the way he tells him too, like obviously they had friction leading up to that point, and like he tried to handle it a little bit more diplomatically after the first time he uh, uh, played Pena instead of Hattenberg. Uh, uh, Hattenberg. But he like, and he's like, we should have brought you into the conversation earlier on. That's my fault. I should have let you know what we were trying to do here. And it's like, all that is true. And it's like, but 
you also have this guy who's being a stubborn ass and is just like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm playing this so that I can justify it in interviews next season <laughs> so I can get a new job. And it's like, I get that, man. But it's like, you either do this thing or you don't. <laughs> and it's like, this is the team that you have. And do you really think anything's going to happen if you're just like, because you've been on a huge losing streak pretty much. <laughs> like you got a terrible yeah. record. Like, are you going to try and do something different or not? Um, yeah. What's, what's better? Like you have a huge losing streak and you're not listening to the general manager, you know, like if, if you do what he says and it fails, that I feel like that's easier to explain in interviews later, but I don't know. I don't really get the logic there. Yeah. And he had just won 102 games the season prior. I mean, yeah. Pretty sure Art got a job that very next year. Philip Seymour Hoffman kills him. He, yeah. he does that perfectly. Yeah. From what my recollection, that's what Art was like, was just what Philip Seymour Hoffman was doing. Yeah. And then, so then when he decides, okay, I've had enough, I'm trading Pena, I'm clearing the, I'm, I'm uh, clearing off all these fallback guys that the, uh, that are kind of getting in the way of what I'm trying to do here. Um, doesn't tell him at all what's going to happen. And then the way he tells him, he just sits in his office and he's like, you can't start Pena at first today. <laughs> he's mm. like, uh, no, I'm pretty sure that I can. And he's like, well, that's going to be hard because he's in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, like you couldn't have been like, a little gentler with this yeah. and he's like no, I, just, I just wanted to give him a big fuck you and say do it my way <laughs> yeah billy bean's cold man yeah yeah he has his moments where he's he's, he's a bit of a, a dick but but you know it comes back to that thing where he doesn't think he's getting the respect from everyone else you know so this right. is a guy that is just making moves and taking command of his ship uh and that's respectable yeah yeah he's the gm man you know this is his yeah. this is his organization you know yeah. he's gotta be the leader and if people are being you know not listening to his vision he's gotta he's gotta go hard at him uh mm-hmm. he, he even uh, i feel like the line he says that kind of sums all that up is when uh he's talking about trading pena and he's talking to peter brand and he's like you know this is this is an like an impossible thing to try to explain to somebody, or this is a really hard thing to try to explain to people. And he's like, it's a problem that you think we need to explain ourselves to people. Mm -hmm. He's like, don't not to anyone just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, How many times throughout the movie did he basically say like, because people kept saying like, we got to replace Giambi. We got to replace Giambi. Then he finds somebody to replace Giambi with as far as his hitting ability. But then the entire thing is, but he can't, he can't field. He can't field. He can't play first. Giambi was one of the worst fielding first basemans in the history of baseball. You know, like Haddenberg would have done just as well as Giambi was doing, you know, obviously he wasn't as good as a hitter, but he was going to bring, you know, 75% or whatever. And they were going to make it up in the aggregate. It made sense. Um, I even looked it up and according, like war is a big baseball advanced stat. And according to defensive war, a replacement minor league player would have been better at first than Jason Giambi was. <laughs> Just any random minor league guy would have been better than Giambi. So, you know, they kept a- acting like the fielding was this big point, like, oh, but Haddenberg can't do it. Well, like, Giambi couldn't either. <laughs> so just listen to Billy Bean, man. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he, he says that, right? He's like, Giambi's the worst 
first baseman in the league. Yeah. It's like, like well, oh, and then they're, don't they're like, compare him to Giambi. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, well, yeah, I, I'm absolutely going to because we're talking about fielding right now. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not the part of his game that we had him for. Yeah. <laughs> <This> is... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Giambi ended up DHing for like the last half of his career. You know, he, he couldn't he couldn't field. He couldn't stay on the field. He yeah, couldn't do it. Shout out to his brother too. That guy was a maniac. I forgot about him until yeah. I rewatched this movie. I'm like, oh yeah, the, that guy was a thing for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, something's kind of funny about this movie is the the reporters. All the reporters are very direct and and very crass and like yeah. like they're asking Giambi about like oh so you're spending you know more time in Vegas than you are in the field or whatever and then David Justice they're asking him about his age like directly and it's like <laughs> making these guys feel like shit it's like TMZ reporters like in the locker room and it's no, like, like you're pulling social security soon aren't you <laughs> like, why are you on the field like oh yeah that that one lady uh, when she was. Uh, talking to uh, uh, Justice, um, yeah. and she's like, uh, "Are you at a hundred percent?" And he's like, "You know, well, I I feel like you know a lot of people think that my you know skills are declining, and I'm just here to prove them wrong." And she's like, "I asked if you're at a hundred percent. It's like, <laughs> no shit. Don't be an asshole about it. Like I'm telling you that I'm gonna. I still have something left in the tank. Is what I'm saying." Like you got yeah. your fucking soundbite. Back the fuck off. <laughs> and then she's yelling at the other reporter to get out of her shot. She was she's wild. I don't. Yeah. I want to know what reporter in the Bay Area she was based on. I need to look that up now because it had to have been somebody, was, right? Yeah, because they use like Greg Papa's voice throughout on like the radio when they were doing those bits. I mean, they actually had Bay Area personalities, so I'm sure. Mm. You know, I didn't know that. I'm sure she might have been based off somebody. I was 10 a, at the time. <laughs> that's another thing I really like about the movie, though, is the the radio voices over, uh, you know, the voiceover uh, in certain moments. You know, it, I think it's a pretty cool way of adding context to certain scenes right. and, uh, you know, adds the kind of sports feel to the movie. I know it's about baseball anyway, but, you know. No, no but I, I, I totally agree. I also think it's a great way of giving the audience a little bit more exposition as to what's happening in the world around these ple these people without having yeah. to like directly address it with characters in the movie that um, was exactly. super well done yeah I, I love that part of the the film um and then it's just like like when he's uh when uh bean is like first going into all of these things and they're like losing games and it's just like that role of like you know, everyone on the radio, everyone, uh, every sportscaster being like, uh, well, the, this is just not going to work. This is not a system that can work. Uh, and it's like, they're just like mm -hmm. going off and they're like, what, what do you expect to happen? And, you know, all that kind of thing. He's just being like shit on constantly. And it's like uh, what he says when he goes and meets with the, the Red Sox at, at the end of the game or at the end of the movie. Um, and the guy there is like, yeah, you're the first one through the wall. You're going to take it in the teeth. Like, everyone who's a, a revolutionary does. Mm. It's like, He's like, mm. but on the same key, like, any other team that's not reworking their entire franchise to follow your model is a dinosaur. Like, you're behind the times, yeah. and you're not going to keep up with the future. And that's the thing, is that, like, it's a great strategy, especially when he, the, the way 
you know, he was able to get people for so much cheaper and be able to build a team that actually made sense. But once you take that strategy and you add a hundred million dollars on top of the budget, <laughs> then you win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. take that strategy to a whole new level. Like <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, like in the, in the end, like the, the playing field leveled back out to where it was. <laughs> Yeah, we're back to square one yeah, now. It's like, okay, cool. It's like, back okay. To, to, yeah, Billy maybe making the playoffs every couple of years. Yeah. And be like, all right, well, we lost to the Red Sox again. It's like, what gimmick can I come up with now that'll buy us an advantage for one season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we don't hit on that one season, we're cooked. Yeah. You know, we, we have one shot every 20 years to make it happen. I got yeah, it. We days, replace man. all of the players with robots. <laughs> just robots we just like i just want a machine that has a glove on it rolling out to the outfield <laughs> yeah. we, we're just we put a pitching machine at every position <laughs> yeah we have a pitching machine at first a pitching machine at second a pitching machine at third yeah, it's all the way around and they're all just like pointed at each other <laughs> just like it has to go all the way around <laughs> If the ball that's hit doesn't like, yeah, perfectly go into the little, like we'll have a little cage that funnels the ball into the pitching machine that will just shoot it to first base to try yeah. to get the guy out. But if it doesn't, lateral, they don't have much movement laterally. No. So yeah, we got to work on it, Billy. You and me, buddy. But since there's machines catching the ball, we can crank that song bitch up to like 150 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. No matter no matter how how uh, slow the ball is to get into the launching machine, it's still gonna beat the guy there. <laughs> yeah. Then you don't just... have to worry about robots fielding and you know, <laughs> throw it back and all that stuff. The, this would if if they were gonna win a, a World Series, this would have been their season because the Corona hit. There it was only a sixty game season. And it went straight into the playoffs. Like if they could have pulled it off this year, you know, because it was just a wacky, mm. weird time. You know, this was their their uh, uh, they had Moneyball in the previous twenty years. This was their chance now for the next twenty. They already fucked it up. So we're really looking into a bleak uh, future of the A's. They need to move out of the Coliseum. Twenty forty is going to be their year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's yeah? What's going to happen then? Be crazy. Billy's like, I get this is my shot. <laughs> Finally, it's gonna be like eighty at the time. So the, there is one other line. I already said that the uh, uh, first base being incredibly difficult is probably one of my fa probably my favorite line in the whole movie. But the line that has stuck with me as genuine advice um, is uh, when you get the answer you're looking for, hang up. Mm. That's fact. And, like, especially for when you're in his situation where you're, like, constantly losing and you're, like, trying to work to make something better than it was when you arrived. Um, you just, you have to take, like, you have to get the answer you want and then get out while you can still make whatever you're trying to make happen, happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like that was genuinely good advice. <laughs> yeah it was no that, that entire scene is so good the wheeling and dealing uh yeah. going on i love anything like that in in a sport movie or mm. not even a sport movie it, it could be you know business uh a setting you know anything like that uh glenn gary glenn ross something like that you know yeah. uh where there's just stuff going on and uh 
different guys calling in and him juggling all these different things and putting this guy on pause to set it up for the next guy. It's, it's really good. It's really well done. How, how, how realistic do you think that is? Do you think uh, GMs ever do it like that? It's, it can't be that romantic, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. but, but how can you not be romantic about baseball, man? You know, these, these <laughs> things right. just happen. There it is. <laughs> I also like is something else that comes up in that scene and really throughout this whole movie is uh Brad Pitt eating bad Brad Pitt eating just constantly <laughs> through the movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, I've said yeah. it for years. He's the goat eater in movies. Tom Cruise is the goat runner, sure. Brad Pitt the goat eater, and it's not close either. He eats better than anybody on planet Earth. Uh God, it's so good, dude. I could I could watch right. him just eat stuff. Ocean's Eleven. I'll just watch that back to watch him eat all the various things he eats throughout the movie. Yeah, that's that's probably in competition. But I was gonna say that this movie I think is the most that he eats. I mean, with the sunflower seeds, if those count. Um, Chewing tobacco. It's, it's but, a he, lot. He, but he but he does eat a lot of notions. You're, you're right. The, um, the double popcorn yeah. handful and oh, yeah. spinning it into the trash can <laughs> yeah. to answer the phone is a work, stroke of genius. And yeah. Jonah Hill's reaction to it, like, a little taken yeah. aback. Like, oh, this guy's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, again, that's one of those things that, like, by the action of the character, you're getting so much, like, more context for how that character is in the scene. Like, he's clearly, like, nervous or at the very least worked up about the scenario he finds himself in. You know, he's trying to make trades. He's trying to get people to, you know, cooperate with him. And he's, like, waiting on a call to come back. And he's just like, oh, look, popcorn. And just, like, shoving handfuls of popcorn in his mouth because he's, you know, got that nervous energy. And then he's, like, you know, looks around for a second when he realizes that he has to answer the phone. And he just, like, spits out this big old wad of popcorn um, yeah, I love it. And then, like, after all of that wraps up and uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we got to get rid of somebody. And then he, like, goes over to the side and he's, like, eating a Twinkie. And he's, like, like just not done. He's like, now I have to go deal with this. So where's my Twinkie? It's, it's like any time. He shoves the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah, yeah two bites. I'll handle it. Yeah. Anytime yeah. he has to deal with anything stressful, he's shoving food in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic billy bean was a, a you know a slight guy also like brad pitt is in this movie uh he really worked it off by making those deals that was his fitness routine was just calling various other G gms throughout the league and try to swindle them out of their players <laughs> i made all that up they're like uh what, it, like how suspicious everybody was of him in every one of the dealings he's trying to make like he's trying to like push off one of his like you know, I guess lesser quality players to like get them off the scent of the person that he wants. Um, and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll give you this person for next to nothing. He's like, how come I feel like, you know, your, your hands in my pocketbook here. And he's like, no, like literally just take this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm not trying to swindle you here. Just I'm giving you this. Don't ask why. <laughs> yeah, just take it. <laughs> It's taking a shut up and doing you a solid. Yeah, the paranoia that runs around GMs is so rapid. Like, you, you would oh, have to be that way 24-7. Especially when you're talking to one of the better GMs in the league. You'd be like, oh, God, he's going to get me. He's going to yeah. get me. He's going to get me. <laughs> and then, like, also, I guess it's something that I didn't know about baseball. 
But he's also trading things like getting his player's soda machine filled up for free. That that's some like nineteen like nineteen oh eight stuff. You know, like that used to happen back in the day where it was like, okay, we'll trade you. We have forty seven bleachers that we just bought. We'll trade you those for your relief pitcher. Right. And it was like, okay, yeah, that's great. We'll take that. That seems crazy to me. And like that kind of goes into the what we were talking about before, how it's just like they can just keep throwing money at these players because they like they just have their budget as a team that you get to spend on everything. And it's like wherever you can save money is money you can use towards something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we like to keep it on the field, you know. <laughs> every literally every dime we have that is in in our uh Couch cushions, we will put that on the field because we have so little. <laughs> Can't divert it to anything else. But yeah, yeah, baseball is so old timey that like those things are still baked in, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. I don't think you can do that in like the NFL or right. the NBA, but the MLB is 7,000 years old. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course you can sell literal your first base for uh, yeah. Yeah, a closer. <laughs> Uh, we got we got a lot of bread. What can I get for for like <laughs> literally a truckload of bread? <laughs> okay. We'll send you half the roster now. <laughs> oh God, yes, I'll take it. I'll take all the bread. <laughs> Just yeah, natural resources and various things like that. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> Are we even playing baseball anymore? It's like, no, but I just bought a, a plot of oil. <laughs> but I'm there making was, money somehow. Yeah. There is oil underneath Fenway Park that I own now. <laughs> I'm so happy. You're on the Traded our best players. <laughs> yeah, that's how Babe Ruth got traded. You know, that's exactly yeah. how that unfolded. The curse of the goat. <laughs> people are playing baseball on the field and there's like a team of guys fracking underneath the baseball field. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, anything from right center to right field is ours, bitch. Step off. <laughs> you just like hear machines running while you're sitting in the stands. You're like, what is that? And they're like, oh, there's major oil deposits down here, man. <laughs> they gotta... <laughs> like in Boston? <laughs> like, yeah, man. Southie's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um and then okay there's an, the other thing i wanted to talk about um there's a turning point uh in uh, uh, uh billy bean i feel like throughout the movie uh when he starts becoming a more proactive and involved uh with the team uh right. and that starts by which I'm not sure if it's the best or the worst <laughs> locker room speech I've ever seen in a movie. Um, <laughs> but Billy Bean just goes in there and he's like, you may not look like a winning team, but you are. And then he just like leaves. <laughs> he's like, except for Giambi's bitch ass who I'm about to trade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that comes on the heels of him trading everybody. <laughs> he's just like I know I just stripped away our only all-star player and I know that <laughs> everyone else basically worth a damn just got lost too and I know you don't feel like you're a winning team but we got this but don't worry 
<laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> well, what's what's weird to me is that you rarely see Art how in the clubhouse. Like I know he has his like office that's off to the side or whatever, but you rarely see him in there. So he's just letting this happen, letting them, you know, letting Giambi play his music and celebrate after a loss. Why does it have to be Billy Bean the, is the one that hears the music from the hallway and has to go in there and intimidate them, you know? Art secretly so, wants him to fail. Yeah. Yeah, that must be, yeah. Yeah, he's he's withdrawn at this point. He, like, he didn't get... The, the conversation about his contract didn't go the way he wanted, so he's like, fine, I'm going to have to look for a new job so now I don't give a shit about this team or what we're doing. I'm just trying to set myself up for the future, which is, like... I mean, like, everyone else in the league has to see how shitty that is, right? <laughs> I yeah. Mean, it, it's when when somebody like that gives up on their team, I feel like it's fairly evident. Then again, like, yeah. you know, the, the, they showed some, uh, like, news clips or, like, uh, uh, you know, something from... Uh, some highlights clips or something and they're when they uh, finally start turning it around and they're like seven wins into the streak uh and they're like putting it all on the shoulders of that guy instead of the people behind the scenes actually making the moves right. they're like right. yeah he's just he's really brought the team together <laughs> it's like no yeah, right. that's not what's happening <laughs> he's literally been one of the biggest obstacles in the way of making yeah, this like team he's handicapping work. this entire team actually <laughs> <laughs> This is not true at all. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I feel like him, like his philosophy where like, oh, I got to look out for my, you know, career in the future. It's like, what GM is going to want to hire you when you like very visibly are just like ignoring anything that your current GM is saying? Yeah. Like, you know, definitely. and it's like, maybe you find somebody who's just like, I want you to run the team. I'll get you whatever you need. You run the team. If that's the case, which I don't, I can't think of any example where that would be, where that would fly on a team. Uh, but like, if that were the case, Damn. then like, cool. But most likely you go get a job with another team. Maybe it's a better team, but guess what? When the GM comes in and is like, we're making changes. This is what the changes are going to be. You're kind of going to need to roll with the punches a little bit more. You know, like the thing is, is he, ne he never once seemed like he picked his battles throughout the whole movie. Like he was just fighting him on every single step. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, he, even during like their losing streaks, you think he would have tried the strategy a couple times. You're like, okay, let's see how this plays out for a series. You know, I'll give you three games with Scott Haddenberg, you know, playing first. Like, right. all right. Yeah. Like, no, he's like, no. <laughs> he's yeah. like, you have to trade my rookie sensation in order for that to happen. <laughs> And Billy Bean's like, all right, bet. <laughs> I just asked for a box of Cracker Jacks. No problem. He uh, he tried to call his bluff, and he wasn't bluffing. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> He's like, this no, is no, the no. way things are going to be. Hey, Scotty. Sh quick shout out to, uh, to Chad Bradford also, the submarine pitcher. Uh, I loved watching him growing up and for him to get some shine in the movie. And uh, I love that he, he thanks Billy Bean. He's like, thanks. He's like, no one ever gave me a chance in the majors. And Billy's like, nobody? Oh. Nobody? <laughs> like, oh, I, I didn't know that. He's, he's like, I'll be praying for you and your family. <laughs> okay. Well, what do I say to them? 
Like the fans are going to hate you for playing me. <laughs> I'm praying for you and your livelihood. <laughs> praying for you. I They're going to watch your head on a spike. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but have you seen me throw? It's not. <laughs> no, um, he was sick. Okay, so the, the, the part that I had just talked about where... Uh, they're watching sports highlights and the, all the people on TV are like putting on art shoulders saying that art how's the reason why, like all of a sudden the team has this big turnaround and, uh, uh, Jonah Hill looks back at, uh, God, Billy oh Bean. my God, Billy Bean. I'm, I'm sorry guys. This is terrible. This is embarrassing. Um, and then Peter Brand looks over at Billy Bean and he's like, you, you hear this stuff? And he's like, all I heard was seven in a row. And it's like, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's laser just, focus. Yeah. That's, you got to keep your head in the game. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're, you're playing it the way it needs to be played. And it's like, I really don't care who's getting the credit right now. I only care that this continues. Let's keep this going. Yeah. Uh, because it's like at the end of the day, like, whether it works or not, like it, it, the buck always stops with him, with Billy Bean, and so you're like, okay, he can get all the credit in the in the media, but like our owner's gonna know what's up, and mm. if this all of a sudden works out the way I hope it does, then it's like it's not gonna be him that's like, oh, you were the reason why this worked, like your contract's still up at the end of the year. <laughs> like, um, as we're going through the uh, kind of the montage of all the games that happened during the streak. Uh, and then we get to the last game and uh, we see Billy Bean like driving in his car and he gets a call from his ex-wife who's like, good job. Um, which is like, I don't, I don't know exactly where where that's coming from. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that relationship yeah. is strange. That's, Weird. Yeah. I mean, it's always got to be complicated, you know. Yeah. Co-parenting sure. from separate places, like they look like they live in like L.A. Malibu area. No, they're they're like techies. They're they're techies in, in okay. Silicon. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That makes more sense. They live in like Palo Alto, probably like some like palatial estate because dude sold some bullshit piece of code for like five hundred million dollars. <laughs> And he's like a namaste, like, you know, white dude who uh, I don't like those guys too much. I mean, probably cut what I'm saying right now, but um, (laughs) I'll be perfectly honest. If I like got $500 million, I'd probably be that dude too. (laughs) I would be, I I would be for sure. I'd walk around barefoot and have, yeah, like a koi pond and stuff like that, but I don't. So, (laughs) um, the the, the the guy. Go ahead, really. I was gonna say that the guy who played that guy, uh, Spike Jones, uh, guy directed the movie Her and King uh, oh. John Malkovich. I didn't notice that. I didn't. Recognize I've seen him in some. Yeah. He's he played a great part because I instantly disliked yeah. him. You <laughs> yeah, instantly exactly. are like, this guy is everything. Billy's not. Screw this guy. <laughs> I guess the reason why I thought they were like in L.A. or something was because I see he I see him putting his daughter on a plane multiple times. Uh, throughout the movie or like picking her mm-hmm. up from the airport and I thought it was like mm. maybe a little bit further away like down to LA like a short flight or like maybe you could make the drive if you wanted to drive that far I could um, be wrong but that was the what I got from it that, that yeah no that that seems like it would be uh, uh, 
accurate. Anyway, the not the point I was trying to <laughs> make at the beginning of this. Um, so uh, he's driving in the car, and then his daughter tells him, like, you have to go back. You have to watch what's happening. You have to go back. Um, and because he doesn't know yet that his team's up 11 nothing. <laughs> and then right. he finally listens to the radio, hears what's going on. And he's like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta go. Like I, I gotta do this. And so he yeah. hauls ass back to the stadium. And what happens when he first walks out of the tunnel in the stadium? Fucking error at second base. <laughs> and it's like, that's gotta be the worst fucking deal. Like you're like, oh, you're so go. superstitious and you're like, and then you finally are like, oh, this is such a commanding lead. There's no way we can go. We can <laughs> they can come back from this. And then you show up, and the first thing that you see when you walk out of the tunnel is an error. It's like, God, I shouldn't have come back. I shouldn't have yeah. come back. <laughs> I knew better. <laughs> the first thing you see is an error, and then the crowd losing their minds of devastation, like yeah. it was the yeah. Game 7 yeah. of the World Series. Just, yeah, just the biggest overacting performance by the audience. <laughs> That's what he was really responding to. You look at him, and he's just like looking at the audience like, geez, yeah. guys, calm they down. Yeah, <laughs> We won 19 in a row. <laughs> yeah. This is baseball. That doesn't happen. <laughs> the, the way that entire scene is filmed uh, is really tight. It's very dark. You know, you, you mm. when the uh, they're down on the the field itself, you don't see any of the fans unless you know they want you to see them. Uh, it's very focused in on the action, the play, on the pitches. Uh, it's really well done. It's kind of different, more unique. And mm -hmm. obviously this movie is not really about baseball itself, like baseball being played. Uh, it's, you know, it's about Billy Bean uh, and baseball in general, of course. But uh, the times that we actually see baseball being played is, is I think, pretty well done. Um, it's hard to do sport movies, man. It's hard to get actors yeah. who can move like athletes. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. You know, Chris Pratt he did a pretty good job, but it's clear he's not an athlete. Like he's not, he was yeah. like, not a baseball player, you know, um, but they, they did a good job on that. I thought. Yeah. I think, I think the, uh, I think the thing that helped Chris Pratt is that his character was, you know, having to do something new that he's never done before. And so it afforded him a little bit of wiggle room as far as, you know, his accurate portrayal mm -hmm. of a first baseman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, for sure. hundred percent worked. It did. Yeah. Cause he, you could tell when he was like scooping the ball, you know, when he was taking balls at first and he had to scoop it, you could tell that wasn't natural for him or yeah. he was super comfortable with it, but that worked perfectly for that character. Like you said. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the game, when you think all hope is lost, Hatterberger comes in and just like, no nah, guys, don't worry. I got this. The Jack one real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I know that you got me on this team so that I can, you know, just walk <laughs> on the base pretty much every time I go up. You didn't get me because I'm a hitter. He's like, but I can't help myself but go for it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we basically just lost this game in the most embarrassing way possible. So if all of a sudden I swing away and don't make contact... Who the fuck's yeah. can even remember? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I'm gonna be a legend. I'm gonna be a legend. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but that's the thing. Yeah. But if you get the hit, 
<laughs> then it's everything. Like people are gonna remember you. <laughs> like that would be the coolest feeling in the world is hitting a home run in an insanely important game or moment. Like the only thing cooler than that would be like you're a heavyweight boxer and you knock the guy just flat out. Like that would be the only thing cooler, I think, than than that. Uh, yeah. Running around the bases because you get to run around the bases. You know, it's different from like hitting a, a walk off three pointer in basketball or something because you're just you're just dominated right there. Your entire team is, is crushing you. If you hit, you hit a home run, you get time to, to circle and everybody. Yeah. It's all on me. All the attention's on me and my dominance. Yeah. And that's, that's so sick. And then getting to see everybody at home, a really cool moment. Um, but yeah, that seems really well done. Uh, he seems elated and I would be as well. Yeah. That's the kind of thing where like, if I were to be in that kind of scenario myself, I wouldn't believe what I had just done. Like I had just seen it and done it myself, but I'd be like, wait, just like watching the ball the whole way through. And then it goes over the fence and I'm like, uh, you're the metaphor at the end of the movie. Yeah. Is what you yeah, are. yeah. Everybody's like, no run, run. And I'm like, but like I'm diving back to first base. You guys know that I'm the one who just hit that ball though. Right. Like there's no way. <laughs> Do I run this way or yeah. this way? Yeah. Is there a flag on the field? This can't count, right? This... Is there is there a time limit by like how quickly you have to run those bases after you hit a home run? Or can I just I... like can I just like dance my you can way? Mosey. <laughs> you can you can take your time, I think. You can take your time. Because like guys have gotten like hurt like rounding first and like have to finish and it's like they're like crawling (laughs) (laughs) like that's happened before uh ozzy smith used to do backflips and like cartwheels the entire way around the base paths i think that was ozzy smith or did he just do backflips in general anyway somebody somebody (laughs) used to do stuff like that i don't know people have done different things so i think there's they give you some time I'd moonwalk the entire way if I had to walk <laughs> off. I'd just be moonwalking. Terribly, but I'd be moonwalking. Something we didn't talk about was the do- his daughter at all, who yeah. plays a really, really good part. Um, that's why this movie is really more about Billy Bean than it is anything else. This is the Billy Bean story. Um, but uh, that daughter it meant everything to him. And that's right. one of the reasons, obviously, he's not going to leave to go to Boston if he has to leave her as well. Um, but it's a, it's a good it's a good arc for Billy at the end, and then the daughter singing you know her song uh, in the as the credits basically start to roll of how Billy Bean is such a loser, um, yeah. <laughs> even though like they say you know he's actually the biggest winner in the movie. Um, it's it's so well done. It's yeah. a great closure to the mm-hmm. film. Alrighty, gentlemen, it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Ooh, you paying attention? Um, alrighty, gentlemen. There are seven questions on the board. There will not be a bonus round. <laughs> That's weird because this entire movie is about manipulating numbers, and for the first time in a while, you're not going to be manipulating the score. So That's true. Interesting. Alrighty, question number one. What is the first song that Bill's daughter sings for him? Is it A, In the Middle, B, The Show, or C, Best of Luck? 
Billy Bean. Riley. Um, in the middle, A. That is incorrect. <laughs> Remington. I will. I will go with B. The show. That is correct. I knew it was one of those two. Made. <laughs> It's there's there's layers there's layers the to this show, movie. Mm-hmm. The show makes mm-hmm. sense because yeah, uh, damn it. Oh man, already right, off. That's, this is not a I good look one. because I need this one. <laughs> some of these are like uh, he just has more knowledge about baseball and is probably going to just get the question <laughs> anyway. So well, like, that one was going to be a guess from either of us anyway. Well, right? That's it true, was. but it's also one of the questions that you would only get by watching the movie instead of just being a fan of bas- uh, baseball. Like, we really need you to get that one right but to I, make this I was, game competitive. No, I know the movie. I can. I can. Okay. I, I, I feel good. I feel he's good. in this. He's in this. And also, I'm not like an expert level baseball knowledge dude either. You know, I'm a, yeah. more of a basketball. As, as long as the questions still pertain to the movie, I'm. I think okay. I'm good. You know, <laughs> I, like, I'll, 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 I'll withdraw my skepticism, Riley. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should uh, afford you the same level. Uh, uh, <laughs> No, this is good. This is good. This is this is the New York Yankees versus the Oakland A's right now. That's what this is. The big bad dynasty. The big bad dynasty powerhouse uh, against the numbers. The numbers put him as the the powerhouse, Riley. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what the numbers are. I'm clean cut. Mostly him. I'm (laughs) shaven. My hair's kept. I'm clean cut. You you all raggedy looking and stuff. I'm I definitely deserve the pinstripes. You know. Give us question number two. Steinbrenner wanted me on. I'm sick of listening to this guy. You would have been Johnny Damon when you finally got there. They would have made you cut your hair. <laughs> Alrighty, question number two. What is Hatterberg's number? Is it A, 10, B, 21, or C, 29? Billy Bean. Riley. I don't know. I'm going to say A. A, 10? That is correct. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, you can clearly see the number on his back for most of the movie. Also, <laughs> it's said audibly at least once in the movie what his number is. Scott Hattenberg, number 10. Yeah, as he's walking oh. as he's walking out onto the field for the the uh, at the end of the streak to win the game for everybody. They, like, do the whole, like, announcing him as he goes onto the field. Question number three. What team was Pena traded to? Was it A, Detroit? Billy Bean. Riley. <laughs> it was Detroit. I'm going to go Detroit. <laughs> That's it. Congratulations, Damn. Riley. <laughs> so you jinxed me, Nick. Riley's over here dominating now with there his advanced go. knowledge of baseball players from the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> what was that old show and he has stumped the schwab uh, you would have just been that guy just dominating <laughs> yeah scott hattenberg number 10 obviously <laughs> question number four four yeah question number four how long was the a's winning streak billy bean remington well, 20 games easy 20 <laughs> well that one's easy he says Oh. 
Uh, already right, it was. Question <laughs> <laughs> <Just> number five. <laughs> On what would come to be the A's 20th consecutive win, how big of a lead did they blow? Billy Bean. Billy Bean, yeah. Remington. They blew an 11 run lead. Yeah, that's correct. That's and rough. Oof. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're going to set. What what was it like? By what inning were they up by 11? It was like the fourth. I think like the fourth. Fourth or fifth. I think it was fourth or fifth, yeah. It Um, was pretty quick. And then you're just going to, like, spend the rest of the game giving all of that back to the other team. Yeah. (laughs) God, that's just. That's rough. Like, the fact that, like. Anybody on that team was able to like get up and get another run at the end of the game by the time they lost that much lead. Like it, that was that would be so demoralizing yeah. to be in that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when when things get even, like when the when a team makes an amazing comeback and it's like even, that team always wins. You know, like yeah. the the team that like lost the lead never all of a sudden like doubles up and has an amazing moment like that. That very rarely happens. Right. Uh, momentum's a bitch <laughs> and something that you can't quantify with numbers. You know, right. that's like really is one of the oddities uh, of sports. A lot of people don't believe, a lot of like there's advanced uh, like sabermetric guys that really don't believe in momentum, like the concept of it in sports. And I, I push back on that 100. Yeah, like, I've I've felt ridiculous. it before. You know, yeah. like you, you can know, feel it. Yeah, yeah. Just watching, you can feel. Let alone playing yeah. the game. Yeah, you know yeah. when all of a sudden the tables have turned. Like, oh, they figured this out. They're gonna kick our ass for the rest of this game. Like, you know. Yeah, and like I feel like part of that is kind of like like what I was saying. Like it's it's a psychological thing. Like the you know you're you're on the team that was ahead and now you just the other team caught up to you you had a commanding lead and they just caught you you're like what the fuck why if i couldn't stop them before this point yeah like how am i going to do anything better than that <laughs> at this point to to fix it yeah it sucks but we got scotty yeah good thing uh all right riley going into the last two questions and you are down one Anybody's game. Anybody's, Anybody's game. game. Mm-hmm. I just have to get them both right. <laughs> so uh, maybe we maybe we have a bonus. No, we don't have a bonus. That's not oh. what I was going to say. I was going to say maybe we have like a, a same situation that we were just describing in the baseball game, where you catch up. And mm. then, although Remington technically would be the one to catch up and then just took the lead. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a back and forth affair we have here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, Riley gets one right, Remington gets two right. Yeah, that's normally how this goes. Okay, oh, uh, I just shut you out. <laughs> uh, question number seven: mm. What is the score when we appear on screen? I think Bad I know. Name. Oh, damn it! <laughs> you didn't even get, let me do the multiple choice. Yeah, you pulled at me right there. Yeah. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Um when we appear on screen. Okay. Which yeah. is very lucky because we are sitting directly behind the scoreboard. Yeah, I think I think I know it. I'm pretty sure I know it. I really don't know it. Uh I'm gonna guess eleven four. It's close. That's incorrect. Yeah. Ah. Remington, would you like the multiple choice, or would you like to? Just I would, guess? Nick. I would like. I would like to to wrap this up. Yes. Uh, is it 
A, 1 to 11. Okay. B, 3 to 11. Or C, 2 to 11. Okay, I, I think it's 2 to 11. C. That is correct. Damn it. Give me my Well, bow. Riley, I don't think you can win this game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> crunch the numbers again, Peter Brand. Crunch them again. Maybe yeah. you can find. Yeah, is there a way? In the aggregate, sure? we have to figure it out. Uh, I mean, I could just give him an extra point and make it possible for him <laughs> to tie. Um, Do it! <laughs> let's go into the last question. Question number seven. How much did the Red Sox offer Billy, Billy Bean? Bean. Billy Bean was mm, offered $12.5 million. Yes, he did. You're right, Riley. It was a softball, but you had just as much of an opportunity to guess the answer as Remington did. Just because no, you his, know his, the answer when he chimes in before you doesn't mean anything, Riley. His internet connection is better. Than <laughs> Bean, <so. laughs> that's, that's my, that might be fair. That might be fair. <laughs> Um, so Remington, that means you won. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Moneyball. Uh, this is a great movie. I enjoy this movie immensely. Very good. Like yeah, I said, uh, I love the vibe that comes off of this movie. Um, I love the the dialogue. You know, like you said, Sorkinoise. That's the the thing he's known for. Uh, mm. You know, fancy pithy dialogue that just kind of like pops. Uh, you can you can hear it through the whole stadium. It just, just pops. cracks off the bat. It just, it just cracks off the bat. Yeah, it's beautiful. It explodes off it. Um, guys, yeah, this is it, man. This this movie it, it captures the Coliseum perfectly. Uh, it shows how crappy it is, but at the same time, it's a lot of fun. You can smoke weed in the outfield and nobody gets mad at you. So it uh, truly is a great place, and I will be sad when it's destroyed one day and they build condos on top of it. <laughs> Um, you guys got anything else you want to uh... plugs? Yeah, is that you what you're talking you about? Plug anything? Oh, uh, yeah, Instagram. Uh, you can go on that website or app, and you can follow Pass the Soap, a little comedy channel uh, that'll brighten your day, maybe. Yeah. While you're on Instagram, why don't you follow us, useless critics, on Instagram? Useless critics. Um, we don't post as many funny videos as a hilarious channel like Pass the Soap might. Um, But we put up some uh, artwork that relates to whatever we're talking about. Um, And, uh, you know, a couple of jokes. That's it. We're done. I'm gone. It's send-off. Cut. Watch movies, fools. Get out of here. That's that. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Jordan, Space Jam. Player. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Dude, like, you, you like I, I agreed with you until I realized Michael Jordan was an actor, and he played <laughs> basketball pretty well in that movie. So. Also, Bugs Bunny was pretty good. Yeah, they, he had some skills. True, true, true. Jordan was actually better at basketball in Space Jam than in real life. <laughs> yeah, he because uh... in real life you can't do the arm thing. Yeah, you know? I was gonna so, say yeah. he like dunked it from half court. And... <laughs> yeah. I never saw him do that in the in an all star game. No, he just jumped from the free throw line. In those dunk contests, soft. soft. Yeah, it's so impressive. Yeah. Anybody We've can jump. Seen what you can really do. Don't hold out on yeah. us, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
seriously. <laughs> Should have busted that out on Craig Elo. 